good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. They just keep doing it every time. Sometimes you don't even know it comes over. Yeah. It's coming from that deep place within you. Oh, thank you so much. The Hour of Love by Indy Ari. It's that song, a very good friend of unity and new thought. It's always good to have one of her songs. You know, the Dalai Lama was once asked, what surprised him most? about humanity. And he gave a very interesting answer. He said that people sacrifice their health in order to make money. And then they sacrifice their money to recuperate their health. <laughs> and then they are so anxious about the future that they don't enjoy the present. I bring up that quote because we're working with a theme this month on spiritual healing, but probably more accurately, we're talking about spiritual wholeness. Because we may be okay physically and healed physically, but not be whole in mind, not be whole in our spirit. We may have a physical ailment and still be whole. You know, I think about Stephen Hawking, you know, the, the great theoretical physicist, one of the greatest of all time, who was limited because of his ALS. But he was truly a whole human being despite the external experience. Now, if you have a, a healing and uh, if you ever had an ailment or an illness or a disease or something like that, and, and when it ends, oh, you know, the illness ends I don't know about you, I don't usually have those things, like illnesses, but every once in a while I may have a cold or a flu or something like that. And once I go to the other side, it feels like a miracle because you have so much appreciation and so much gratitude for the health and the healing that you have. It makes me want to yell out like John Belushi said in Blues Brothers, I have seen the light. You know, I was in the darkness, now I see the light, I have appreciation for it. But looking beyond just physically healing, we're talking about wholeness, which is always our natural state. This is who we truly are. Whenever we manifest conditions other than our natural state, oftentimes it's a signal that we've disconnected from our source. We've disconnected from the force or the presence of God. And it's an opportunity to realign with our true nature. So wholeness is the spirit of God revealing itself 
in what some would say in every area of our life. Because sometimes, you know, as a human, we, we kind of compartmentalize our life. You know, we say, you know, there's our, my, my body's over here and my life is over there and, you know, my relationships are over there and the finances are here and the rest of the world is out there knowing that we're trying to put all the pieces together. But once we capture the notion that, you know, if we live by the vision that spirit has for us, there are different pieces that we need to put together. Because that is not the nature of the universe, not the nature of God. The wholeness of God, the qualities of God ripple through every area of our life. Because in the mind of this presence that is beyond words, there's only one life as far as it's concerned, and that is the life of this presence, this force. You know, there's a particular phrase that has been echoing for 2,000 years or more, probably you know, longer, and it's found in a story in the Bible I'm about to read. Don't get nervous. <laughs> you know, in unity, you know, this, you know, you go to different churches. You know, it depends upon where you go. You may hear someone talk about the Bible and, you know, regularly. And then you go to some places. They never have a Bible, even make any quotes about the Bible. But one of the great things about the unity's contribution to our brand of Christianity is our unique interpretation of the stories. We don't take them as literal fact, but they take them as symbolic of something going on within us. So this particular morning, I'm just going to read something from the Bible. Again, you know, don't, don't run. Don't run out the door. And it comes from the, the Gospel of John, the fifth chapter, verses one through nine. And it's uh, known as the, the man who was healed at the pool of Bethesda. And this is what it says. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there's a pool called, in Hebrew called Bethesda, which has five porticos or five porches. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew he had been there for a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be well? And in one version of the, the scriptures or one uh, version of the Bible, it says, "Wilt thou be made whole is the question. And his sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. And Jesus said, well, stand up and take up your bed or take up your mat and walk. And at once the man was made well that he took up his bed and he began to walk. Now, as I said, we look at these stories and see what do they symbolize for us. And it's from that story that I got the topic of the day, wilt thou be made whole or more appropriately, well, you know, will I be healed? Because really when we're whole, we are healed. So we look at the story and say, this guy had been suffering for 38 years. He was waiting to be placed in this pool of Bethesda, which was considered to be a healing pool. And whenever an angel would ruffle up the waters a little bit, there would be healing power in the pool, according to the story. And the first people who got in the pool, oh, they were healed. And then all the energy was used up. And they had to wait for an angel to, to come back and touch the pool again. And when we talk about an angel, we're really talking about an idea, a divine idea, which can really change our life. 
But anyway, in the story, Jesus saw this guy. He was diseased and you know, uncomfortable for 38 years. And he said, wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be healed? And as I can imagine the disciples around to Jesus and saying, Jesus, don't, don't ask him that. It's embarrassing. Of course, the man wants to be healed. Do you know, can't you see he's been trying to get in the pool for like 38 years? Jesus Christ. Well, they probably didn't say Jesus Christ. <laughs> so anyway, Jesus penetrated that man's awareness and said, what's going on? What's happening? And the man came up with his story. Oh, I can't get in the pool. I'm, you know, I've got these ailments in me. People keep jumping in front of me all the time. I just can't make it. But Jesus knew that all healing, I think he knew that all realization of wholeness always begins in our mind. When we believe we have to wait for an external event to happen before we rid ourselves of our illusion of separation from our source, from our healing, from our wholeness, we might be waiting forever. But we don't have to wait. We can generate the feeling of what it means to be healed, what it means to be whole in an instant. And like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean an actual change in our physical condition, but the realization of our purpose and why we are here and we're connected to this presence, that, like, a, like a Stephen Hawkins that had a purpose greater than himself. And it all begins with gratitude. You know, there's been some studies that showed and demonstrated that the moment that you feel gratitude, our healing begins. Just as the moment that we feel worthy and abundant, we start generating prosperity. The moment that we feel empowered, we begin to move toward our success. The moment we begin to love ourselves and begin to love life, we create that equal experience in our own experiences. You know, I was looking at it sometimes, you know, uh, I have to be prayed up when I check out the news. <laughs> but, you know, I got to stay up on what's going on in the external world. You know, there's a lot of division and violence and, you know, what we call people living below the line, not living in accordance to who they really are. You know, and, and all the stuff that's going on, I often say that a lot of it can be attributed to that lack of self-love and self-awareness of who and what we really are. And we begin to live, that's, uh, misidentify ourselves, and then we begin to go out and project out into the world, creating a sense of separation, creating much more fear, leading to all kinds of violence and all kinds of destruction that has happened in the external world. But that's a whole different sermon. Anyway, what we seek is really already within us. It's already around us. We know this force, this presence is wholeness. It is abundance. It is love. And we are the offsprings of this presence. In other words, we are already wholeness here. But if we're not aware of it, it doesn't exist for us. It's like a person walking around, you know, broke and in lack and limitation not aware that somebody put a million dollars in their bank account. They're rich, but they don't even know that it's there. So Jesus saw through this guy. And that person represents that part within us that sometimes makes excuses and rationalizations. People may ask, well, why aren't you living your dream? Why aren't you moving in the direction of, of your dream and affirming the truth with faith and with intensity? Sometimes we may be full of those excuses that we can articulate the time, the place, who and how somebody did something to us, knocked us off our path. 
We haven't been able to get right since. You know, we might say it's our parents. We might say it's our children. It might be our boss. It might be our job. It might be the people that, you know, maybe misused us, abused us, did not understand us, knew nothing about us, knew too much about us. We may use a litany of things that serve us, that helps us live not from our truth, but we're living from our five senses. That's what those five porticos represent, those five porches in that that story. Those are the five senses. That means we're living from a limited, finite perspective rather than the unlimited perspective that we call God. So Jesus was saying it's about going beyond the appearances. It's about setting a spiritual intention. And being willing to be more than we think we can be at any given moment by affirming that what we're seeking is already here. And so he asked with a penetrating, soul-searching energy, "Wilt thou be made whole? Can you feel that you are already healed? Did you feel that you're already healed and whole now? Because somewhere within him, that man knew after he had heard this question, he was busted. He could no longer say, guess what happened to me? He nodded in the affirmative. And he said, yes. And that's that moment. Jesus said, take up thy bed and walk. Feel what you want now. Live life. And of course, as the story goes on, he was healed and whole. Now, it might have been a process to get there as we go that in our own life. I remember years ago when there was a turning point in my life. You know, I was in the throes of my own personal addictions and, you know, I was in the courthouse, you know, trying to act like a lawyer. And I was, my life was in shambles at that moment. And uh, there was a woman that knew me that I didn't know her, but she knew me or about me. And she asked me, did I want to get help? Now, at that moment, you know, up until that moment, I should say, I don't think I needed any help. My life was fine, as bad as it was. I was in what they call strong denial. But in that moment, when she asked that question, I just looked beyond where I was and saw where I could be. Something came over me in that instant. I began to feel something come over me. And I just, for some reason, almost involuntarily said yes. And then she helped me kind of get back on the straight and narrow. You know, we all have challenges. You know, we may have a health challenge. We may have an abundance challenge. We may have the fact that our mind is not at peace. There may be some area of our life that's discombobulated. So the question for us is, will thou be made whole now? I heard a faint yes out there. Yes. <laughs> but I'm going to keep on talking. Now, of course, this requires a transformation in our own awareness, our own consciousness, because life is consciousness, individually and collectively. You know, so as I was talking about last week, what I learned about uh, from one of our chaplains is about, you know, you know, take our weight and put it on another foot. You know, we often just focus on one thing. And when to move in this transformational mode, that's what sometimes we we must do. So there's a couple of things we can do to get there. First is obvious, take our attention off the appearance. Whether it's our body, whether it's this dis-ease, whether the facts that we are seeing about our life that we do not like. In fact, we don't even want to think about time. Instead, we want to relax in the renownness of the moment, the here and now. 
And when we do that, we begin to disassociate from our three-dimensional life of living, the five senses. And we're not identifying with our body. We're not identifying with our environment. We're not identifying what we can see. See, at that moment, we want to become, as one person said, a nobody, a no one, a no thing, where there's no time, just pure being. And that's what happens sometimes when we get into that meditative state. Or even when we hear some great music, everything around us just kind of disappears. You know, if you get into a meditative state, you might be in there for 30 minutes and it seemed like one minute because you've gone to a different place. And then the minute you start thinking about it, then, you, oh, then I'm back on you're here on earth. <laughs> but at this moment, when we're in there, we're really going into the unknown. We're going to that place of mystery that we cannot define with our human understanding. And it's out of this mystery, the unknown, the void, everything known comes out of that, including our health and wholeness, including anything we seek in our life. We don't have to try to make it happen. We want to make it welcome. And one of the great byproducts, I said, of this going to that stillness, that silence, as, as uh, Anne was singing a little bit earlier, you know, we've discovered things we hadn't even thought of before because we're in that state of being. But here's the thing. And I've discovered for myself when I'm out of alignment with that wholeness, that connection, when I'm in a state of dis-ease or discomfort, you know, there's often stress. And when we're stressed, we're focused on the thing that we do not want, often something. And when we're often focused on a thing, our brain gets worse because we're trying to solve a problem from a disturbing emotion. And anything that comes out of a disturbing emotion gets us more out of whack, gets us more out of balance. So we want to move from that limited, constricted viewpoint of life, put our attention on the no thing, I know I'm not kind of getting out there and esoteric today, but, you know, your mind may not get it, but your heart and your spirit will fully understand. Go ahead. Well, what we want to do, and when we get into that space, we want to ask this question with spiritual intention. What does it feel like if I am whole? What does it feel like if I am fully healthy? What does it feel like if I'm fully abundant? What does it feel like if I'm living a life of purpose and I'm not waiting for the thing to happen? I'm feeling it right now. This is very profound because when we create from that consciousness, we shorten the distance between the thought of our wholeness and the actual having it. In fact, there is no distance because there's a vibrational match between our energy and the wholeness that we're seeking or thinking we need to seek. We don't have to go anywhere to get it. We draw that experience to us. Remember, it's all about energy. What is the guy's name that's coming? Uh, Renee Jenkins. Jenkins. Yes, yeah. so he's, talking, he's talking about the energy. The energy is where the healing is, and you feel it now. You feel it as if it's already done because we've created the conditions for the manifestation to take place. That's why Jesus said to the man, take up your bed and walk. Feel in this instant what it feels like to be healed even before it happens. He didn't have to wait for the angel to come back and stir up the pool or someone to put him back in the pool to know what it's like to feel as if he was already there, that he had arrived. You know, I was in ministerial school when I first year. 
they would ask, you know, I think we had a session where they would ask, well, what was that led you to become a minister, your pathway, and so forth? And I remember one of my classmates, her name was Anne Marie. I can never forget her. And she said that in her life, she had a, a, you know, almost a, a terminal illness. And she was in the hospital and, you know, the diagnosis was not good. Because all the focus, all the energy was on the hither and now of the doctors, the medicine, the chatter, the drugs, you know, not a good diagnosis. She was all tubed up. And all she could hear was, you know, the chatter, you know, in her state. And she said for some reason she decided at that moment that she was just going to be grateful for life that she had right then. She's so grateful for the little bit of health and the ability, the ability for her to breathe in that moment, for what little wholeness she had right then. And she said after everybody left, she decided to snatch off all she was all hooked up to. And at the end of the day, she walked out the hospital. She just walked out. I don't know if she just walked out. She probably checked out and then walked out. <laughs> but anyway, she said she couldn't explain it. The doctors didn't understand it. She said she didn't care, but that experience catapulted her, moved her to a whole new way of seeing the world and what reality was, and that led her to be a minister. That was her story. It was one of the most poignant I'd ever heard. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if you find yourself in that position, don't ever do that, you know. You know, you got to listen to the Spirit of the Living God to guide you to do something like that. So don't go out there and say, hey, the minister told me just to snatch up all the time. No, no don't do that. Don't, do, don't, don't blame that on me now. But we want to get into that space, that space of expressing gratitude and vibrate with the realization that everything we always seek is already here. And then there's another thing we can do to get into that transformational mode. We want to move from why me to use me. There's a whole different way of being in the world. It means that we're not living from the history, but we're living from a vision that reflects a higher purpose. So we're moving from why me to command ye these hands. Lead me, shine through me. God, use me. In other words, we, we come to that moment of consciousness that is in the book of Samuel, the story of Samuel in the Hebrew Bible. You know, we heard that song earlier that, that was being sung when the chaplains were being uh, dedicated today and said, you know, the dedication, here I am, Lord, use me. Now, it comes from that story of Samuel because Samuel kept hearing a voice calling his name. He looked all around, you know, and he couldn't find who was calling him. I don't know what he might have been on, but he, 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 you know, well, if he had been in my life, I would have understood. Um, but anyway, he had his buddy Eli. And Eli said, you know, when you hear the voice, just simply say, here I am. I'm listening. I want to move, move into that consciousness of Samuel's what we want to do. In which we say, here I am. The great law of life, I'm your servant. Listening, available. I'm a channel open to you. The place that I am standing right now, good is flowing through me. Here I am. I'm listening. And that'll take us out of ourselves into something bigger. You know, there was a basketball player that I'd known during my time, and I think it was in college or around the time I was there. So, you know, that was a long time ago. 
well, it seemed like yesterday in some respects. But anyway, there was a guy named James Donaldson. He was a basketball player. I think he played for uh, University of Washington, the West Coast, and he went to the pros. He was, he was like seven feet two, um, you know, just a gentle giant, and he was successful, you know. And then when he got out of the NBA, you know, his life began to fall apart. You know, he had to have four or five surgeries, and he could never figure out what was needed to make him well, you know. He had a successful business, but everything collapsed. You know, his wife left him, and, and he found himself in a state of absolute depression. And he wanted to, you know, take his life. Many times it came up for him. And someone said, you know, just maybe just start talking about it, your experience and how you've been able to, to get through that. And he said he went to a school, and there were about four or five students that after every time he would talk would come up to him. And they would say that, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get you through another day. I want to take my own life. But you've done something for me to help me keep going. And he was able to go over that with them and share with them and said it just took him to another level. And it took him out of himself. You know, he wasn't focusing on his problem. Sometimes when we get out of ourselves and get something that's bigger than ourselves to help another person, we no longer are in a sense of disease or dysfunction or separation from our presence. You know, sometimes we do struggle in life. Body temples act up. <laughs> Children act up, if you got any. We have experiences in life. Somewhere along the line, we are forgotten that behind all of that is a spiritual pattern. There's a perfect idea waiting to be expressed. We may be flooded with all kinds of circumstances, and, and we try to fight the circumstance, hope it goes away. But our job is to lift our awareness, not fight the circumstances, not change the situation, but lift our vibration, lift our consciousness to where the possibilities are. And that perfect pattern begins to take over our life. You know, in the Aramaic language, you know, when we use the word prayer, it is a term called slotha, which means to set a trap. And when Jesus was talking about prayer and meditation and all the spiritual work that we do, we're setting a mental trap for the ideas of the spirit and making them receptive to being taken up and being catch and catching our own life. So you're saying set a trap, become receptive, holding in substance and saying, here I am, Lord, I'm listening. In that expectation, being available, being still, set a trap for the infinite ideas that are always percolating and they're always pouring forth in our grand universe and suddenly we see differently, we vibrate differently. And in the midst of the seeming problem, in the midst of the seeming dis-ease, in the midst of the seeming calamity, behind that we begin to see and in tune ourselves with an idea. We're setting a trap. It's catching us. And we expect wholeness. We expect health. We expect spiritual wealth. We expect spiritual well-being. We expect a so-called miracle. As I was writing last week, we don't get what we pray for. We get what we expect. So we may as well expect a miracle, not settling for anything less. We may say, I don't know how it's going to happen. 
All I know there's a pattern of perfection behind me. It's never been hurt, harmed, or endangered in any way. It is alive in me. I expect to break out all over in this consciousness. I'm ready to say, here I am. Your servant is listening. I'm available for this presence. I'm sitting here setting a monster trap for wholeness. It's going to take over my life. That's who we are. That's who you are. So I just asked the question, will thou be made whole? Okay, a little better. Will thou be made whole? Are you willing to rejoice in the name of the spirit of God? Are you willing to accept and command and rejoice in this presence? Feel it. Revel in it. And know it is done. So it is. Peace and blessings. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh, oh.